On today's episode of Come Get a Sip, once again, we will be talking about all of the hottest new music from your favorite artists. You know those memes that be like, you know, like you 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 standing uh, with your headphones in and you're making a straight face, but all the while this is the music that's playing in the in uh, in your ears. That is what I look like listening to this song for the episode. Uh. <laughs> we will also be talking about Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday and what that really means. Political adjacent, right? Like spouses. Right. I'm looking at you, Clarence Thomas. Uh-uh. And your wife, your white wife. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> and finally, you know we gotta get into the latest tea. We will be talking about all of the trending topics that took over Twitter over the weekend. First of all, that song, Scat, that didn't even debut inside the top 150 on Spotify, okay? That song will probably make them $5 in the course of a year. <laughs> so it's not about business. It's just about men wanting to do what men want to do and not wanting to be told, oh, you shouldn't work with this person or you shouldn't work with that person. They just want to be able to work with whoever they want to work with, regardless of who it hurts or how it makes them look. All this and more today on Come Get a Sip. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Come Get a Sip, the podcast where we talk about all of the hottest tea out there in the world. <laughs> all right, today we have a very special guest, one of my closest friends, um, who also hosts a podcast of his own that is currently on hiatus, I've heard. So, without further ado, here is Jahari Shelton. Okay, so how do I get the same introduction almost verbatim as Lourdes? I don't get nothing special. I just want that to be on the record. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, no. Just like with Lourdes, I gave Lourdes an opportunity to introduce herself. And so, Jahari, what would you like to tell the audience about yourself today? Um, that I am excited that finally Norris is recording me for a podcast episode that will actually air. Uh, you know what? We're not even a minute in. Anyways, that's a preview of us to come, I guess. <laughs> but yes, you hello can, everybody, use welcome that as back. A, as a highlight reel. This is the I trailer. <laughs> this is the trailer. <laughs> All right, so... Yes, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's get started right away. We're going to jump now into the new music segment. Now, we don't have like a cool name for this segment yet. We figure we'll grow as we go, you know, in terms of this podcast. So right now, we're just going to call it New Music Mondays. Hopefully, this episode drops on a Monday. But anyways, it wasn't a huge release week for music, but we did get a couple releases from some big names. Um, the first is one of my favorite rappers of all time, the baddest, Miss Trina. Um, she recently did a versus battle with Eve, another one of my favorite rappers. And it was the first versus battle between female rappers, very long time coming. And it was really a great battle. We can talk about it as we talk about the music. But this is Trina's new single, Receipts. I can start us off on this one. I really like this. As I said, I'm a long time, huge fan of Trina. And, you know, I, I always love it when artists drop new music during a versus battle because it's like, you know, they get like upwards of 200, 300, even sometimes 500,000, a million viewers 
Um, and so it's a great opportunity to put new music out there. And I thought this was a great release. Um, I love the chorus. It's very catchy. And the verses, you know, there are a lot of great lines within each of the verses. I will say it did feel a little rushed. Like some of the, um, not just in terms of like the song, but just in terms of like some of the verses, it felt like the recording was rushed. But I do like the song like overall, and I'm definitely going to be listening to it all summer. Um, Jahari, what did you think of this song? So I actually did like it. I don't listen to a ton of Trina. I feel like I just kind of like, I don't even know if it's really the hits. It's just the stuff that I've ever heard, right? Like it's more like a nostalgia thing as opposed to like I'm actually listening to her to actually hear what she has to say on the song. I hope that doesn't come across <laughs> nasty. But, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I mean, she's not one of my, my, my aura, <laughs> the way that I work does not really go with Trina. You know those memes that be like, you know, like you 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 stand uh, with your headphones in and you're making a straight face, but all the while this is the music that's playing in the in uh, in your ears. That is what I looked like listening to this song for the episode. Uh. <laughs> because it's a good song. It's it, it's it's good for like, you know, a a, a little uh, ride down to the movie theater, or like you know a little uh, to to get dressed. Uh. But. <laughs> I pro I promise I'm not trying to uh, t- to undermine the viewers. No, I know. Knowing you, this is nice for you. <laughs> but the viewers, I mean, the listeners may not know that. Um, but <laughs> so I just not. want to be clear that this is not um, shade, as they say. This is simply my truth. Let me just give that disclaimer. You will know hopefully when I'm being shady. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, uh, the song is okay. It it's uh it's clearly, it seems to me like it's more of a shot. Hmm, that's interesting. You know, I I didn't really get like a shot kind of vibe. I thought it was just you know like you know I'm doing a versus battle tonight. We're gonna have hundreds of thousands of viewers. Let me put out you know a cute little single. Mm-hmm. Well, to, it might have been know, a shot at people saying that she platform. was going to lose the verses. Oh no! First of all, let me say. I was one of the people who told y'all that Trina was going to win because even if Trina might not have the same hits as Eve on paper, Trina always brings the energy and she's always going to, whenever you play a Trina song, like especially one of her big hits, it's going to be like, yeah, this is, you know, it's going to get you moving. It's going to get the crowd hype. And so I definitely thought that Trina was going to win. And in my opinion, she did. I know it's a celebration and all, it's not a competition, but like, you know, anyways, um, but yeah, that's how I felt about it. I didn't watch the verses. You didn't like the verses? <laughs> I said I didn't watch it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't watch the verses. I don't know. It felt like a odd pairing to me. Like, I get it for, like, timeline purposes because, you know, you want to put it, like, with peers, right? Right. But it felt like, again, like you said, like, the energy was off. I don't know who really could have gone against Trina because I feel like even... Not Kaya. Kaya does not have the hits. I feel that <laughs> Trina um, would have been. It would have been better against someone like Kim. Maybe I don't really Mm-mm. see them as contemporary, Mm-mm. but the energy of it feels more evenly matched. It does not feel right to have Eve, right, who's like retired from music. Well, I don't know if she's retired, but I don't know when the last time she released music. The last thing I ever remember hearing from her was Tambourine. She did <laughs> do a song with. Uh, Actually, with Trina and Kim and Missy, uh, the I'm Better remix. Right. So, the 
I don't know. It could have been more evenly matched, but I didn't watch because it didn't interest me, right? Like, ones like SWV and Escape, that is evenly matched to me, right? Like, Brandy Monica, evenly matched. You know what I'm saying? This one didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like, because Trina's like some somebody, if I'm listening to Trina's music, I'm probably in a club or I'm in some type of situation kind of like that, right? Only on some songs is Eve playing in the club, I feel like, at least to the same extent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't even grown when they were releasing this music, so I don't know. I'm just now getting grown. <laughs> and they are not the hottest records to be coming out now. So, they're well, not getting Tr- played I mean, in the Trina club. was on that remix with Alato and Sweetie. But I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The thing I like about Versus is when they have, like, people whose energy, like, even the energy, they're not, like, their energy, like, in terms of performing doesn't match. Their vibe between each other is good. You know, I don't like when, especially some of the battles between, like, male artists, they're, like, completely overrun by ego, and it's just, like, there's no types of, like, good energy between the two artists or the two, whoever they are, whether the producers if or whatever. If you want to just talk about Jeezy and Gucci Mane, you can just say that. Right. That <laughs> was the one. It's, like, can y'all at least pretend to, like, be sort of, like, vibing with each other? Because nope. it's so... Like, the appeal of it is that they're not vibing with each other. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's, that's the whole... That's why people were watching. I think it's the most right. watched one, actually, because I know, of and that. I, <laughs> right. And, I, I, and I, I get that. But for me, personally, I would prefer a battle that's maybe not as, like, evenly matched on paper. But mm-hmm. at least, like, the artists sort of, like... You can tell they're enjoying each other's music, you know? But yes, Trina, new song, Receipts, out now. Next up... We will be talking about the newest release from Diana Ross, the legend, the icon, forever the moment, as Wendy would say. This is her new single, Thank You. Thank You is from her upcoming album, which is coming soon. It's her first album in over a decade. And I'm very excited for this album. Um, You know, I love listening to music from, um, you know, People who have already proven themselves, you know, like the Dianas, you know, the the Miss um, Patty, Miss Gladys, you know, all of them um, who have nothing left to prove. You know, it's just about them. Like if they want to put out music, they'll just put out some music. Um, and I really liked it. You know, it's very fun. It's very much like a thank you to the fans. I think it's it's nice to see her be able to like give this thank you, especially to her like really diehard fans. Um, on her own terms, you know, especially after the past like 10, 15 years when we've lost so many legends in the black community in very like sudden losses. Um, it's really nice to be able to see such a legend be able to really give like a proper like thank you to my fans. Like I love you. All. I appreciate all the support over the years uh, through her music. Um, and so I love it. Jahari, what did you think? You know, when I was listening, my first thought was, I wonder if it'll get played at Nelly's bar. Not Nelly's. <laughs> um, well, I mean, because, it, I mean, there's some shade behind that statement, obviously. But the the point being, right, like, it seems, it, it it's not a song, right, that people are necessarily going to be playing on the radio, right? Like, it may be on the old folks' radio. What is that called? Um, urban Adult Contemporary, uh, maybe. Maybe please. she'll get on there. Uh, but it's not something that you're going to really hear, right? Like blasting through people's cars, right? Um, especially not in the summertime. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe, I, I, you know, I have younger parents, so I, maybe people with older parents have a different experience. Maybe they are listening to Urban uh, AC 50 Plus. I do. But the... <laughs> but the um, <laughs> the the gist of it, right, is that it seems more like a song that could be performed in a drag show, right, or something of that sort, right? Like it's more <sighs> of a performer's type of song than it is a listener song to me, to me. Um. Well, I guess that kind of goes back to what I was saying, though. Like about, I'm not saying you weren't saying this, but like, you know, she doesn't need to have any more like hits that are like bumping in the car that are huge top 40 hits. You know, she's already proven that she can get so many of those across like, you know, multiple decades um, of her career. Um, And so, again, like I and again, I'm not saying you were disagreeing with this, um, but I think it's, you know, a nice, fun record for her fans. Definitely something that I'll listen to. I love fun music from Diana Ross um, and for everyone, um, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you know, Mariah's new music. Yes, well, Somewhat Loved. Mm, Y'all better be streaming. It's like Mariah, Mariah Brandy, uh, Mary J. Blige. All of them are able to accomplish something that I think is very rare for people who have reached that kind of status or have, you know, achieved like an immense amount of success that they come into new generations or they come into new, uh, new times right new eras of music and are able to stick to what they to what they do and not lose their musical identity right i can applaud uh this track miss ross tracy's mama for uh (laughs) sticking to what she knows yeah i agree i agree you see with mariah with we just talked about last week somewhat loved again it's growing on the radio so stream that uh mary j blige brandy with b7 and yeah, so definitely I love this release from Diana Ross, and I'm excited to hear the rest of the album. And finally, for new music this week, we have the newest release from Jennifer Hudson. This is called Here I Am, Singing My Way Home. This is a single from the upcoming soundtrack to the film Respect, which is the biopic about Aretha Franklin, which is also starring Jennifer Hudson, um, and that will hit theaters in August. Um, So, yes, this is Here I Am Singing My Way Home. Jahari, I will let you start this one off because I know you are a big fan of um, everything about this movie, about Aretha, about J-Hud. So, yeah, you can kick this off. So, like, the first, I was actually, well, obviously I know that Jennifer Hudson is a vocal monster, right? Like, I know that she can attack songs. Um, that would otherwise be hard for other people to sing. But, you know, she she nailed this, right? Like, in, in a way that I think shows that she studied Aretha for this, mu- this movie, right? right? It is very important when people do biopics or documentaries that they nail, right, the kind of techniques and the, the ways and the mannerisms, right, of um, the artist that they're portraying. And I think watching... Um, uh, Cynthia Erivo in the uh, National Geographic uh, doc, uh, biography. What I don't know what they are calling it officially. The miniseries. She had the mannerisms down when it came to the acting, but when she was singing, it, it it's not the same. And I think that it is because I don't feel like she is a a vocal descendant of Aretha. Yeah, I agree. I don't feel that from her, and I don't feel like when she sings. Even when she was singing that song from Harriet, <laughs> right? Like, 
I don't feel the I don't feel it hit me in the same place that Are- when Aretha sings or when Je- Jennifer is singing, particularly her gospel stuff or like more gospel tinged sounds, right? The the black of the sound. Let me just say, let me just call it what it is. The black of the sound, right? The more it it it, it is tied to the the kind of like spiritual sense, right, of song, and it doesn't even have to be particularly about. Uh, you know, birth, life, death, resurrection, second coming of Jesus. It can just simply be something like what Cynthia was saying, you know, stand tall, blah, 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 blah. And I think that Jennifer Hudson would have sang that in a totally different way that would have hit way harder. I'm just saying. Cynthia Revo has a pretty voice, but she's not Jennifer Hudson, nor does she want to be. But she's not an Aretha uh, vocal descendant. And so that's why her music was not hitting me in that miniseries. Right. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, like the first minute and 30 seconds, which is the more churchy kind of introduction that Aretha is known for, particularly her live concerts or her live albums, they could have made that a whole song of itself. That could have been an interlude. Right. <laughs> right? Because it was, it, it, it has a whole different character than the rest of the song. It sets the rest of the song up well, but it is, it has a character on its own that I feel will get lost, right, in the song being kind of like five minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, it'll get... But what do I know? I saw the people down to Twitter saying that they thought that this was going to get an Oscar um, and a Grammy. They were like, oh, she better get the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, you know better than that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> you know, with the, um, whatchamacallit, with the pandemic, not whatchamacallit, <laughs> with the pandemic, um, a lot of movies have been pushed back, you know, delayed. So it might be like a good year to potentially get a nomination or even a win. Um, but you know that. Well, it's up against soon. In the Heights. It's up against In the Heights, so. Well, we'll see how high In the Heights goes with all that controversy we talked about. Um, well, when have white people cared about controversy? Particularly when it came to giving out awards. This is true. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. I'm just true. saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I love this song. Um, you know, I love everything that Jennifer Hudson does. And I think that one of the things that I've seen on Twitter um, with people talking about this movie is the fact that they feel really, and I include myself in this, feel really um, just trusting of Jennifer Hudson, that she's going to really do justice um, in terms of playing Aretha and playing Aretha in terms of the voice. And I think there's a, like, going to the movies trusting that, that she's going to deliver because she always delivers, and especially in movies, um, you know, Think about Dream Girls and how she just completely slayed the role of Effie White, you know, and she got like she swept. I don't know. She swept the award seasons, but she got the Golden Globe and the Oscar um, for that role. And so I think definitely this is going to be a great movie. Um, and this is a good, you know, a good musical release to sort of get the campaign started off for the film. Um, so I'm very excited for it. That is uh, once again, here I am singing my way home. Uh, coming from the Aretha Franklin film, Respect, coming out this August. And that is it for the new music segment. And now, since we have a lot of tea to talk about, we will be diving right into all of the latest tea. First up, we're going to talk about this extremely messy situation, an extremely um, disturbing situation regarding the uh, baby. And uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez, um, and Partisan Fontaine. So basically, to fill you in, in case you haven't seen anything about this, 
Um, Tory Lanez is a he tries to rap and he tries to sing. Um, oh and wow! And he allegedly, I'm using allegedly very lightly because at this point we all know he did it. Um, he shot Megan The Stallion, um, who is a Grammy award-winning rapper, um, in the foot last summer. You know, it took a while for things to come out about it, um, but eventually, like, it came out that he was being charged with the uh, shooting. And so, basically, over the weekend, uh, the baby, who is another rapper who um, has collaborated with Megan Thee Stallion several times, um, earlier in the week, he had announced um, that he was doing a song with Tory Lanez, and that came out. It's called "Scat," um, you know, which is another word for. Uh, doo-doo which is very fitting for the two of them um and how they act um but the baby retweeted a tweet that said and i quote i guess the baby and tory lanes are cool now because the both or they both shot somebody and don't have to do no jail time and he retweeted that and so that immediately caught the attention of everybody on twitter you know people were taking their screenshots before he unretweeted it um and so he said uh, baby got enough problems of his own. I don't got no reason to inherit the next MFers problems. Oh, wow. Y'all are chasing a story y'all ain't gonna get. So Megan Thee Stallion tweeted something a couple minutes later. She said, support me in private and publicly do something different. These industry men are very strange. This situation ain't no damn beef. And I really wish people would stop downplaying it like it's some internet shit for likes and retweets. Justice is slow, as we've all seen. Back to my good day. Um, and that immediately got people talking because they were like, you know, this is very... We had kind of been seeing over the past couple of months a couple things that uh, Baby had done that were like very uh, shady towards Meg. There was a situation where they were both on live together, um, you know, before the release of the Crybaby music video, one of their collabs. Um, and his friends had been like saying something about Meg in the background and like laughing about her. Um, and he like laughed with them. Um, and it was just stuff like that that was like, maybe he's not really rocking with her like he should be. From there on, the situation really got uh, messy. The baby was talking about how you let these folks get the best of you. I ain't got no bad energy for you. Um, he said that to Meg. Um, and then. She said, my stance hasn't changed at all. Yours has. We already spoke about this in private and you specifically said that ain't even no good business move. Why would I promote that that song uh, that he did with Tori? Um, but now that ain't your beef. So, yeah, it just they were going back and forth. They were going back and forth. And then eventually Partisan Fontaine, who is uh, Megan Thee Stallion's boyfriend, said, you a clown ass doing uh, clown ass shit and then trying to backpedal. That's what it is. You don't ever got to address her again. And then you is corny. A lot of you women is corny. Any that shoots a woman is pussy. That that sides with it, condones it, affiliates itself with, stands beside that type of behavior is a B-I-T-C-H. Any woman that supports it for any reason is a effing sad, bitter, or confused. So, yeah, I know that was a lot. I tried to recap it in the best way that I could. Um, but, Jahari, after hearing that, what are some... Oh, and then, let me just say this one more. This was the tweet that really was like, okay, you were just trash, the baby. Okay? 
he said he was laughing at what party said and then he said and in quotes you must not know about me you must not know about me trying to quote Beyonce as if (laughs) Beyonce won't get his whole career shut down in two seconds just for that just for trying to mess with her sister Megan okay um Jahari what are your initial reactions to this that was a lot that was a saga it was. It really was. This and might as well be I, a soap opera. This might as well be a soap opera. Somebody you know? needs to get on this. Somebody needs to add this to the next season of The Young and the Restless. Not The Young and the Restless. <laughs> well, you know, that's my... That's my. Well, I don't know if that's my grandmother's favorite soap. That's, But that's one of the stories she used to watch when I was a kid. So, <laughs> that's that's what's going to come out first. But anyway, um, you can't shame the shameless. You you just can't, right? And, and I think that Megan's going to have to get to a place... If she can, and it seems like maybe she has, or maybe she's going in that direction, where you just have to focus on you and your career, and you have to be in your zone, right? You cannot, because right. it's not industry men, right? I mean, of course, that's who's most proximate to her, because that's the industry that she's in. Uh, but I'm sure that she has, you know, experiences with people at school, right? And pe- you know, or just anywhere where there's touch points, right? There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of shameless massage noir, right, going on. There's a lot of shameless disrespect uh, and, and and just, like, corny corny behavior, you know, as it, like, comes to, like, why do y'all need to be making jokes about... Why? Why? why like, why is this what you're doing? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. why is this what you're doing? But then also, why is... Why tweet about it? Why retweet it? Why... Uh, I... <laughs> Social media was the worst invention. I'm sorry. It's a mess. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about that because it, it, it just should speak for itself. You know what I'm saying? Whoever tweeted that last thing that you said, right, about how the shit is corny to shoot people in the foot and it's corny to laugh at it, I completely agree. I have nothing else to add to this sentiment. Yeah, I completely agree too. It's just, it, it's so uh, disheartening to see the way that this sort of, this cycle repeats over and over again. People joking about what Tina Turner went through uh, with Ike. Um, people joking about Rihanna um, and what she went through with Chris Brown um, abusing her. It's just, it's it's so disappointing to see this happen over and over again. And like, there really is no shift. You know, it's just the same people saying the same stuff and laughing about it and joking about it. And then this was a thing that, this is one of the things that really made me upset. People were bringing up a clip of Meg um, talking about the release of WAP, uh, her duet with Cardi B that she released, that they released last summer. Uh, And they were in the clip. Meg was talking about how um, she was asked about, like, you know, like her doing a song with Cardi when, you know, Cardi had had beef with Nicki Minaj in the past. Um, And Meg had said, like, you know, I'm not really involved with that. Like their personal situation is not has nothing to do with my business. People were saying, okay, well, why shouldn't that same logic apply here? And as she said, being shot is not personal beef. Like, that's abuse. That's violence. That's very serious. That's not, like, someone throwing a shoe at someone. And not just throwing a shoe at someone. someone throwing a shoe at someone that didn't even hit them. Like, the two situations are not in <laughs> any way, shape, or form comparable. And I don't want to get too much into that fan base in particular, but it's so disappointing to see people not just joke about it, but turn this into like stand stuff. Yeah. Like there's no reason for you to be bringing up 
what happened between Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and saying that, oh, well, this is Nick, uh, this, uh, it's not Nicki's, this is Megan's karma for quote unquote betraying Nicki. Like the, the situations are completely separate. They have nothing to do with each other. And I hate how people use social media to, as a, uh, an avenue to take logic from one situation and apply it to a situation that has nothing to do with it. Like, it's just, it's so immature. Um, and it's, it's, I know that people think they're doing it in defense of their favorite artists, but it's only making your favorite artists look bad. And it's only indirectly implicating them in all of this mess. Um, and it's just making the situation messier than it has to be. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'm very annoyed by this. I'm very disgusted by a lot of what I've seen. It's just, it's, it's terrible. Um, you know, I'm sure I speak for Jahari when I say we send all our love to Megan Thee Stallion. You know, we always got your back. Um, and I just really hope that, you know, people in the industry really step up, um, and support her, um, and not just support her, but also start to really, um, distance themselves from these men who do these horrible things to not just women in the industry, but women in general. You know, I can't even count the number of male artists, male rappers, but also just male musicians in general who have done horrible things to the women in their lives. Um, but those things, even when they come to light, it never changes anything in terms of like their streams or their their collabs or anything. It just it just is seen as like a um, what you call it a footnote in terms of their career. Um, and so it's really disappointing. Um, and I I hope that things start to change, but I'm not really optimistic. Um, but you know we'll continue to push through and try to make the change happen. The question is reasonable why hip hop has not had its Me Too moment, right? Or its Me Too reckoning. Right. Um, and if something as simple as this turns into stand wars or turns into people trying to use interpersonal or even one sided, right? Like uh, parasocial beef, right? Like you can't beef with Megan the Stallion as a stand page. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And then, and then. You're taking on someone else's issue that they could but probably don't have with something that somebody else said and using it to justify why they should be ridiculed and disrespected for having endured violence at the hands of someone that they were close to or somebody that they knew. Um, if that is the case, right, like, I see why people are still playing R. Kelly's music because y'all don't give a damn. Right. But I'm just going to leave it there. Let's right. let's keep it pushing. We can I keep could... it pushing. But that just made me think of something else. The whole thing about, like, this is a good business move. Like, he's just doing what he has to do for business. First of all, that song, Scat, that didn't even debut inside the top 150 on Spotify. Okay? That song will probably make them $5 in the course of a year. <laughs> so it's not about business. It's just about men wanting to do what men want to do and not wanting to be told, oh, you shouldn't work with this person or you shouldn't work with that person. They just want to be able to work with whoever they want to work with, regardless of who it hurts or how it makes them look. And so it's like, okay, we see you. We see all of you. And we're going to move accordingly, just like you did. Yeah. Well, I mean, image is nothing. <laughs> image is nothing. Uh, particularly in today's time, Contro controversy is the image. Right. But whatever. Let's keep it pushing. Right. All right, and with that, we will move on to the next topic. Um, let's talk about Juneteenth, mm -hmm. uh, which was this past Saturday. The holiday was this past Friday. For some historical context, Juneteenth is a holiday that has been celebrated um, within the black community, specifically the African-American community, 
um, especially in Texas and in many other places throughout the United States, but that's really where it kicked off. Um, and it's been celebrated in our community for years um, to commemorate the final freeing of uh, enslaved black people in the United States um, in terms of chattel slavery. There was a bill um, to make Juneteenth an official federal holiday um, and it passed through Congress and then Joe Biden signed it into law last week. And it kicked up a lot of discourse um, about the role of sort of symbolic victories um, and what they, the role they play in terms of, you know, placating and sort of masking broader issues. You know, so many people were pointing out like, you know, we have Juneteenth as a holiday now, but what comes with that? You know, police are still killing us. You know, there's active attempts to keep us from voting all around the country. Um, and that's just this, this, and that's just scratching the surface. Um, and so what does it really do to pass this holiday, this holiday that, you know, plenty of white people will get off and plenty of black people will get off too, but plenty of black people won't get off from work. So even what is the point of making this a holiday? Um, you know, that's not to say that it's not, it's completely meaningless. It's actually very meaningful, but it's also, it's, it's, there's, it's less meaningful when it's not attached to real, um, change within the community and for the community. Um, and so Jahari, I'm sure you have some stuff to say about this. Um, but there was also, it also made me think, um, just before we, uh, keep, actually I'll say that afterwards. So Jahari, what do you think? Cause I know you have a lot to say about right, this. Right. I was going to say, how much time do I have on the clock? No, but seriously. Take <laughs> so it's, seriously. No. Okay. So one, right. My first point is Juneteenth being made a federal holiday in and of itself without any context or any, you know, reaching far outside of, <laughs> right, that tunnel vision is okay, right? Like, black folks celebrate Juneteenth every single year, right? Regardless of if it is recognized by, you know, the state uh, or if it is even recognized, right, uh, uh, to communities living in the same city, right, as them. Uh, black people have continued celebrating, so it is nice to have space, right? Um, for it is nice to have space for folks to enjoy that time away from the stresses of work. But that that said, right, like you said, particularly poor and working class black folks will not have the holiday off, right? One, because maybe, you know, folks did not put it into their policies, right? Because it was something that was created literally a day <laughs> right before it was really supposed to be the day off, right? On that Friday, I think that the approval came on Thursday right. or something. So, but, you know, if you're a working class, you're a poor black person, which is most black people, <laughs> that you are uh, you are probably not going to get the day off because that work requires you to do hours that are not compatible, right, with the whims of federal government. If they cared that much about Juneteenth, they would have done that last year. Right. right. <laughs> or a couple months ago. that It was like, what is it about Juneteenth that came into such public uh, consciousness that it passed unanimously the day before <laughs> the supposed holiday is supposed to be is supposed to be given to workers for for their off you know for their vacation for their time off whatever the you know the the adjective I'm trying to see to describe that for their day off you know the day off is the next day you approve it the day before that ostensible next or that potential day off now if we really want to get into the context of it right. 
black people specifically have had to deal with so much within the last um, 15 months, right? Between the start of the pandemic and where we are now, that it is frustrating to see that what the federal government unanimously passes, what they do without debate, is pass a, a symbolic marker, right, of so-called progress. Because, and, and it's not because, I, I'm not saying that because they simply pass the law, it's the language put behind it, right? The, right. Uh, the, the, the so-called end of slavery that they're celebrating. And I remember Hillary Clinton put out a tweet about it, and it was like, baby, you wrote in your book about how you had, basically you had slaves, right? You had, you had um, uh, incarcerated people working for you at your house when you were, the governor's wife, like, come on now. <laughs> come on now. It literally says, as Deshaun, I hope I'm pronouncing their name right. Yeah, you are. <laughs> as Deshaun says on Twitter, right, celebrating the end of slavery would not only be historically inaccurate, but it would be unconstitutional because the 13th Amendment literally says, remember how y'all went up a couple years ago for the, for the documentary 13th? <laughs> it literally says one of the first things the the whole meaning behind the name of the documentary is that the 13th Amendment does not abolish slavery. It simply moves it from the plantation to the prison yard. Right. What we previously right thought, or, or what we generously think of as kind of like a stain on history, right, to use these people's words, or to, or as a dark night, <laughs> right, and that we're at, we're at brighter days, we're at better days, shout out to Leandria Johnson, that, uh, you know, we, that somehow we are supposed to just simply accept, right, that the state is now recognizing holidays that have been celebrated communally for years, for for centuries, <laughs> right, uh, about something that they supposedly gave us, right? Like, it is like, well, to be fair, you all did not end slavery. You didn't do it legally, right? And you didn't do it constitutionally, and you definitely didn't even do it metaphysically, right? Like, you all were not going by making sure that every plantation let go of his slaves because there's plenty of stories about disabled slaves or, or slaves in other states like Mississippi or Louisiana, particularly in the Deep South, right, that had no idea, right, that the Emancipation Proclamation was supposed to be legally binding to keep people off the plantation, right? They weren't interested in taking black people from, <laughs> right, plantation to whatever, whatever. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that point alone. But it is interesting, right, that we have also forgotten that there were people who were still, right, in the position of slave, not just on the prison, uh, on the prison yard or on the prison grounds, but on actual plantations, and they weren't sharecroppers. Right. <laughs> they were living the lives that we view as, you know, um, endemic to the experience of slaves, as opposed to, you know, the plight of sharecroppers that has been popular, you know, popularly known as the, the post-antebellum era black subjugation in the South, right? So I just want to complicate that narrative. And then, right, on top of that, black people are, are, are under attack politically right now, whether it be black trans kids, right, with all the anti-trans legislation, whether mm -hmm. it be um, black, kid, uh, black people generally, right, in uh, cities and towns uh, refusing to reallocate money from policing into uh, life, saving and life-affirming programs and services, uh, increases, right, to policing budgets, uh, insurrections. Well, actually, I don't think it was. Now, this is an unpopular opinion. I don't call that an insurrection, actually. I would refer to it more so as, uh, 
the second American counter-revolutionary war. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know how you how you uh how you rebel against the government that protects your interests. But whatever. <laughs> right? I don't know how that's an insurrection. Right. But you know, whatever. It's just a uh, tantrum. Right. <laughs> right. A tantrum of your own brothers. Right. <laughs> Them your family members, boot. Anyway, right. the the other context of it, right, is uh, the critical race theory, which is kind of like the 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 euphemism that they're using for simply talking about uh, the history of racism and race making in this country uh, in schools. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of conservative panics out, right, that are really, and, and it's not just carried out by Republicans. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> that are putting black communities in subjugated position on purpose, right, while trying to push symbolic markers like Juneteenth uh, as, as a means of uh, purporting the state to be benevolent to black people, to black communities, to black families, and to the progress of black people when they are not, right? Freedom, liberation is something pursued by the oppressed, not given by the oppressor. Let's just right. be clear about that, too. Right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I mean, and then why did that... My question is, right, for you, Norris, to hop in on, why did we already have so much programming <laughs> already lined up for Juneteenth? It was like as soon as it got signed into federal law, all of these announcements started popping up about these television programs related to Juneteenth. It's very interesting. <laughs> like, very y'all was planning this back behind the scenes. You know, right. we did it, Joe. We just secured the AVC special. You know, like, come on now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting, and it makes me you know what, like there's one particular thing that really kind of struck me um, during uh, the press conference, not the press conference, yeah, the, I guess it was a press conference um, that uh, Biden did when he was signing the bill into law. Um, after he signed it, and everyone was shaking hands and taking pictures, and um, taking a reporter pins. asked him, <laughs> "Now, what about election day?" You know, since there's such concern for voter suppression um, and, you know, acknowledging the fact that black people are still experiencing this in real time. um, Is there a push to make Election Day a national holiday so people can vote and actually make their voices heard? And of course, there was no response. Of course, because how do I? Well, first of all, they're going to get wiped uh, uh, next year for the midterms. Let's just keep it a stack. They're getting wiped. The Democrats are losing those short-ass majorities that they do have. <laughs> they're losing them. And they're definitely going to lose them down to the state house and everything, too. And they're already losing there. I'm not even a Democrat, so I don't really give a damn. But, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, that's going to be that. Wait, wait, you're not a Republican either. Let's just clarify for someone who might not know you. Well, I hope that. But I'm that sure when, after listening well, to this, I, they wouldn't think you were. Right, but I was going to say, I yeah, hope right. that after after all these things that I've said that you right. don't think that I'm a Republican. Anyway, right. <laughs> I would have to question your uh, intelligence. Uh-oh. However, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that Biden is not interested, right, in voting rights. Biden's not interested in a lot of things that he talked about on the campaign trail. Child. So they're going to get wiped next year, right, in the midterms. And then they're going to get wiped um, again in 2024 when it comes down to the presidency because... I don't see this going on an upward trajectory, right? You had, consi- you have considerable amount of room right now, right, for what people could deliver to you, right, and what you uh, and what you even you know mobilize them to do. 
they or rather they mobilize themselves right in spite of the fact that you are on performative bullcrap um or that you are on uh speaking suave to the ears right but you're not actually doing nothing to my mind you know what i'm saying right. we can circle back to this now because uh actually we can circle back to this a couple years from now because i want to hold this and say that they will not be winning unless they are coming out with some really transformative stuff because even if people were this upset about Juneteenth, what do you think they're going to be saying in, you know, three years when you probably still haven't done shit, <laughs> right, to counter the main issues on people's minds, voting rights, um, police violence, you know, uh, seg uh, se segregation, right, as a means of running black wealth, not even into the ground, but below the goddamn soil, <laughs> right? Like, um jobs right like home guarantees homelessness is a national there's so many things right that that have been divorced even from um the lens of racial equity right everything is viewed in turn it this is actually a, another point it is funny to me how we have gotten juneteenth right as a supposed marker of american progress to end slavery in all its forms when we know that that's not true right constitutionally of course and legally speaking based off of what United States documents say, it is interesting that in racial uh, equity conversations or racial justice, right, whatever, you know, word they decide to co-op to talk about racism these days, or anti-racism, rather, um, it's all focused around criminal justice when it comes back down to um, black people, right? The criminal legal system is purported to be the main issue that needs a racial equality lens particularly through just the lens of marijuana, right? And that's that's kind of the problem that I have, right? We have it has gotten so narrowed, right? When we talk about black people in the political process, they neglect issues, right? Like voting rights which not only come with, you know, disenfranchisement from, you know, so-called de democracy uh principles, but it also is a ground for violence, whether it be carried out by the government or the people that the government deputizes to do their dirty work a.k.a., right, the people from the January 6th storming of the Capitol, right? Those were people who were ignited and funded <laughs> by political agents and and, uh, and political adjacent, right, like spouses. Right. I'm looking at you, Clarence Thomas. Uh-uh. And your wife, your white wife. Anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, that is that is it, it is insanely interesting to me, right, North, that we have made no progress on what has been talked about for like the last five years about how there are disparities in uh, criminal uh, in legalities and uh, criminalization of marijuana and and, you know, just specifically marijuana, marijuana and other kind of like narcotics. <laughs> right. Because it's, it, it, it seems like they don't actually want to anti-racist anything. <laughs> right. It's easy to say, oh, we're going to decriminalize marijuana or, oh, we're going to, um, you know, make the criminal legal system fairer to black people. And it's like, um, no, the whole point is, you know, what I'm saying they, they just miss the plot every time and they do it on purpose. But what is it to, you know, black people to hear? Oh, I don't give a goddamn if Election Day is a federal holiday. We can't focus on that right now. We've got to focus on uh, what is at hand. Right. My PR jump of Juneteenth for whatever is about to come next when it comes down to whatever promise that uh, I made on the campaign trail that would have, you know, demonstrable impact on black communities, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah.
definitely. It's 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 very interesting, like with everything that you named that still needs to be addressed to see all these politicians saying, you know what, let's take a day off. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, I think we can wrap it up for today. Look at me educating the people on your podcast. Right. I'm sad they don't see the fun side of me. <laughs> <laughs> you see it when the housewives comes. Right. When I won't be watching. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm watching my medicine wives right now. I'm going to be mad when they go off. Huh? I said I'm watching my medicine wives right now. I'm going to be mad when they go off. No, I need to start watching. But at least Potomac is coming on. Right, I'm excited for that. Saving the whole goddamn franchise. The whole channel. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, did you see the Tiana and Iman show is on now? Did you see that? Mm Because I I saw that it was on E, but I forgot that E and Bravo... E and Bravo have that same you NBC know, like, Universal, and that's yeah, why Nini's like, show got axed. Well, we won't go there, but we can. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot more tea we could talk about, but in the interest of time, we are gonna wind it down. So, thank you again for Jahari for coming. I'm sure you'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about the new season of Real Housewives of Potomac and I some hope- other Bravo developments. I hope I will. I hope that you'll keep on schedule and I hope I won't have to do it at midnight. Praise the Lord, everybody. And Uh, please, you all, I need you to know this. The real reason we're not even going to complete the rest of the topics is because Norris's computer's dying. Thank you. That's all I have to say. That's my outro. Okay, and since I have not yet hired a producer, (laughs) I can edit that out myself. Until we have enough okay. in our budget okay. to afford okay. wait, a real wait. producer. Okay, here we go. Okay, let me let me respond to what you said about when I'll be back. Okay, take two. Action. Okay. Yes, I hope I will be back. And this time, I hope it's not at midnight. Even though we're night Please. owls. Right. I was about to say, you know we be up at midnight. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you, Jahari. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I Next appreciate week, it myself. We... Okay. <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> it said, the show was called come get a sip wait what did you I didn't hear what you said I'm sorry I, I said, thought you said you already said that no I said I said <laughs> no I said I enjoyed my sip oh I think you said you already said that <laughs> okay well anyways <laughs> you enjoyed your sip and I did too I'm about to go sip some more water cause my yes. throat is dry after talking Bleep. for <laughs> what's bleak bleak I thought you were going to say something about your throat being dry, so that's why I started bleeping, but I realized they can't hear you on my recording. Well, I didn't mean dry like that. I just meant dry like I'm thirsty. Oh, Yes, you are. Oh, we'll I walked right that. into that one. You will drink to that. <laughs> all right. Well, we will catch you all next time on the next new episode of Come Get a Sip. Come Get a Sip is produced and edited by Norris Johnson. Our guest today was Jahari Shelton. Our theme music was produced and written by Norris Johnson. Thanks once again for tuning in and see you next time.